Hey family, before we get into today's podcast, I just would like to correct myself. Towards the end, I mixed up the two words, partial and impartial. Partial meaning you are unfair and you're not treating everyone equal. And impartial meaning that you are fair and you are treating everyone equally. I mixed the two up and I just would like to correct myself before you get into the podcast. I pray it blesses you. Enjoy. Hey family, how are you? I pray all is well in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, the son of the living God, the God of Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and you. That's right. He is your God and what a mighty God we serve. How are you doing family on this amazing Saturday? I pray that the joy of the Lord is your strength. I pray that the peace of God that surpasses your understanding has rested upon you and that you are enjoying your weekend. I've been reading the word and the Lord has been opening my eyes and stretching me as along with the book, Total Forgiveness, snatching out all of my edges. <laughs> but um, I saw this scripture and I thought it was really um, important to share because we're in the times where we it's time to truly, truly um, be servants of the most high God and draw souls win souls for the kingdom of God, even though God, God is the one who draws, but we are also that hook. We're the bait that God uses. Hallelujah. We're either going to be the bait that Satan uses, the bait of Satan, or we're going to be the bait for God to will in our brothers and sisters. He said, I will make you fishers of men. Amen. So we have to decide who we're going to be bait for. Are we going to be bait for the kingdom of heaven or for the kingdom of darkness? So it's important that uh, we we set settle that in our heart as a soul winner. Like, I want to be a soul winner. I want to be a fisher of men. I don't want to just be saved. I don't want to just be a pew warmer. I just don't want to attend service Monday through, you know, Friday or however many days you go or when you go. But I want to win souls for the kingdom. And it's important that we we are mindful of the things that is necessary to bring in our brothers and sisters closer to Abba Father. So when I read this scripture, it was very encouraging for me, especially for a minister to be mindful of these practical tips, honestly, to winning souls for the kingdom of God. So the scripture is in Proverbs 1130. And I love this. It says the fruit of the righteous is a tree of life. And he who win souls is wise. Amen that I need wisdom, that if I am going to win souls for the kingdom of God, I need fruit. Hallelujah. I need a tree that is conducive to winning souls. I need fruit that people can eat from that is going to draw them closer to Abba, that is going to shift their perspective, that's going to cause them to will to will the will of God, that is going to draw them nigher unto the well that never runs dry. So I think it's so, so important that we we really get to a place where we recognize that you don't need a title, you know, as a Christian, as a believer of the most high God, we all have the mandate to win souls. Amen. We all have to go into all the world and preach the gospel. You don't do it the way I do it. You do it the way God has 
wired you to do it, the gifting that he is giving you to do it. You know, we're no copycats. God made us complete originals. I don't need to do anything the way you do it and you don't need to do it the way anybody else do it. But the truth is you need to do it and you need to share the gospel and you need to, you know, be a vessel, be a tree with fruit that is conducive to winning souls for the kingdom. So I'm going to read this scripture again. The fruit of the righteous is a tree of life and he who wins souls is wise. What I love about this is so many reference to us being trees. I like Psalms one and three, for we will be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. In Mark eight twenty four, when Jesus opened the eyes of the blind man, the blind man said he see men walking as trees. Amen. So we are trees in the spirit and it's important. Um, the Bible talks about you will know them by their fruit. There are so many symbols of us being trees in the spirit. And it's important that we have the fruit that is conducive to bringing more people closer to God. And even though the word says, if I be lifted up, I will draw all men. Hallelujah. Like I said, we're either going to be bait for God or bait for Satan. We're going to be used. We're going to be used by one kingdom or the other. And we have to set it in our heart that I want to be a vessel of honor for the kingdom of God, that I want to be a tree of righteousness that gives life to all those that are around me. So I want to go through the fruit of the spirit. We know the fruit of the spirit. We have it on T-shirts. We have it on whiteboards. We have it on, you know, whatever you have it. We know the fruit of the Holy Spirit, but we have to be mindful of how important applying the fruit of the Holy Spirit to winning souls for the kingdom of God. Because in this scripture, the fruit of the righteous is a tree of life and he who when souls is wise. So we have to recognize that we have to apply the fruit of the spirit to draw men in closer to the Lord. So the fruit of the spirit in Galatians five is love, joy, peace, long suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance against such there is no law now i think this is so awesome we know that we're supposed to have the fruit of the holy spirit as we are born again believers filled with the holy ghost it's important that we operate in the fruit of the holy spirit but did you ever think that we need to apply the fruit of the holy spirit to winning souls for the kingdom of god and this is why we should be filled so we can draw more people to god with our tree that our tree is such a tree of honor unto God, that our tree is so filled with righteous fruit, that our tree draws people closer to the Lord. So let's go through this. We're going to go from, you know, starting at the first one, the fruit of love. And this is important because we think we love, but we don't really love. And I'm not talking about, you know, the love you think, you know, or what the world say is love, but I'm talking about that agape love. I'm talking about that while we were yet sinners, Christ died type of love. I'm talking about that, nor depths, nor height, nor principalities, nor powers, nothing past, nothing present can separate you from me kind of love. See, God love is so different. God loves different. 
And as his children, he desires for us to come up higher in our love and love different and go beyond our feelings and go beyond our emotions when it comes to dealing with other people, being willing to extend the heart of God to other people, even in their shortcomings and in them falling short, because that's how much God loved us, that while we were yet sinners, all in our mess, Christ died. So it's important that we're not going to win souls for the kingdom if we don't love that if people don't see the love of God on us, if they don't hear the love of God in our voice and in our tone, how can we win someone, you know, that unbeliever in your family, that unbelief, that unbelieving, you know, neighbor, if they don't see the love of God, what is going to entice them? What is going to cause them to want to come closer and to get to know your Jesus Love is important and it can't be that wishy-washy love. It can't be what culture say is love. We have to really desire agape love. And I believe we all have to go to the Holy Spirit and say, teach me how to genuinely love unconditionally. That's a prayer that we all must pray because our, our love is conditional. Our love is partial. You do this, I love you. You don't do this, I don't love you. So it's important that we go to the Holy Spirit and say, teach me how to really love because I know that love is going to be a fruit that draws people closer to you so father teach me how to really love the next one on the uh, list of fruit is joy and this is really important because the joy of the Lord is our strength that's what the word of God tells us we live in a, a time where I hear this so much. I just want to be happy. Oh, if I I, I just want to be happy. This will make me happy. The car will make me happy. The, the house will make me happy. The spouse will make me happy. Happiness is moment by moment. The world seeks and desires happiness. But see, family, as children of the Most High God, we are of a different ecosystem. We are different. We live in a different place the kingdom don't desire happiness it is the heart of god that we desire the, the joy of the lord and the reason why this is so important because joy the unspeakable joy it doesn't change because your situation change it doesn't change because you have situations and circumstances that are outside of your control joy don't change because people around you are changing and acting funny happiness changes oh you didn't make me happy today you didn't do what i thought you should have done today so i'm not happy but that's not what God desires for his children to operate. That's not the fruit. The fruit of the Holy Spirit is joy. And that means no matter what I'm going through, no situation or circumstances that I'm not going to let everything outside of me change what's going on on the inside of me. I know many of you heard that song. I got joy, 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 joy up in my soul. The world didn't give it and the world can't take it away. That is so powerful because the joy of the Lord, nothing outside of me. That's the world situations and circumstances that that is, that's the world that should not be able to take away the joy that's on the inside of you because of who your God is and how much he loves you. So we have to really rise up in our joy because I see 
a lot of believers, I'm not happy. I'm not happy. And God didn't wire us to be happy. When we got born again, we are to be filled with the joy of the Lord. And that would strengthen us to persevere and smile even in hard times, even in difficult times. The joy of the Lord will strengthen you. And that is very, very attractive to people outside looking in that I see what you're going through. I see the trials. I see the situations. I see the pain. I see, I see, yet it's this joy on the inside of you. Family joy is attractive. When you see someone smiling, when you see someone happy, they're not, you know, woe is me, always in their feelings, lip poked out, arms crossed it, you know, got the stink face. That's not attractive. So how, if we are in our feelings, looking to be happy, and if God doesn't give it to us, we in a mood. If God doesn't give us what we want that day, we don't smile. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm not in a mood today. Try me tomorrow. Wait till I get some coffee or something. That's not attractive to someone outside looking in. That's not attractive to an unbeliever. Because if you're unhappy and if you're miserable, why should I come to your God? See, this is what we don't pay attention to. Everything we do, it, like I said, we're bait. God is using us. He wants to use us to draw more people in. And like he said, if I be lifted up, I will draw all men unto me. So imagine being in a situation and there's unbeliever, unbelieving family members, unbelieving friends, unbelieving neighbors watching you go through what you're going through. But instead of you murmuring and complaining and your lip poked out, you got the joy of the Lord, which is your strength. You got a praise on your tongue, lifting the Lord up. There go that if I be lifted up. You know what? God is good. And even in this, God is good. This too shall pass. Amen. Hallelujah. That is what draws men unto God. Like, wow, look at you. You're going through this tough situation and you still got to praise. I want that kind of joy. I want that kind of joy. But if we seek happiness, it's only moment by moment and in an instant. Something outside of you can change your, your inner, your inner feelings. And we shouldn't allow anything outside of us to change how we feel because we should be so connected to God and we should be so filled with his joy, knowing that he is working all things together for our good, knowing that he is a, a, a lover of our soul, knowing that he is a father who gives good gifts to his children. See, this is why we got to get the word on the inside of us, because if I know that my daddy, he gives good gifts that my daddy said, accident and shall be given. It may not be given to me the time that I want it, but it's always on time. That gives you joy. You think of a little kid who knows Christmas is coming and he's been praying or and asking his parents for a particular thing. He don't know when he's going to get it, but he just has this expectation. Therefore, he's excited. I can't wait. I can't wait because mommy and daddy is going to give me this gift. That's why Jesus said, unless we come as children 
to have that expectation and the joy that even though I don't have it right now, my daddy said, my daddy's going to get this for me. My daddy said, I'm going to get the house. My daddy said, I'm going to get the car. My daddy said, I'm going to get the spouse. My daddy said, I'm going to get the business. My daddy, you got to get excited for the promises of God, which are yea and amen, and not allow what's not coming to pass right now. Cause you to be in your feelings. Cause you to be woe is me with your head down and your lip poked out. That is not attractive. God uses these situations and circumstances for you to praise and to worship because it's in that lifting God up in the midst of a storm is what draws the attention of the unbeliever. That I want to get closer to God. I saw your praise. I saw your worship. I know what you're going through. I want to go with you to church. Can you can you talk to me a little bit about that scripture you was talking about yesterday? This is when the questions come in. Because you lifted God up. So he, do, he does what he promised. He draws them in. So joy is really big. And there's so many... Um, Believers who are not walking in the joy of the Lord, we're walking moment by moment by, you know, tangible things that can make us happy or that can make us sad. But when we really get it in our heart that our father, he desires for us to have the joy of the Lord because it's truly, truly important. And it's a part of the tree that is going to win souls for the kingdom. We have to make up our mind that I don't want happiness I want the joy of the Lord that in spite of any and everything that could go on outside of me, I still want a, a smile on my face. I want to praise on my tongue. I don't want to complain. I don't want to murmur. I want to give glory to God because that causes the unbeliever to look at you and say, hmm, it must be something to this Jesus guy. I can stay there with joy because the Lord had to deal with me with joy. So this is something that Trina had to really go through to not let things. And it's not to say, family, that you don't have bad days and you don't have hard days. And it's not to say that things don't bother you and that they don't affect you. But when you're so grounded and rooted. And like I said, when you have that childlike expectation about what God promised his son and what God promised his daughter, you got to take that identity serious. I am a son. I am a daughter of the most high God and my father do not lie. My father promises are yea and amen, though they tarry, wait for it. When you know the word of God and it's on the inside of you, in spite of what's not happening now, there is a joy because my daddy said so. My daddy said by his stripes I'm healed I may not see it in this moment I may not feel it in this moment but I'm gonna have a joy an unspeakable joy and I'm not gonna allow any and everything outside of me to have me poke up my lip and have me complain and have me murmur yeah God says that he's gonna give me that ordained spouse I'm gonna wait yeah it's been a year oh it's been two years oh it's been three years however long I'm gonna praise God because I know that when this man or woman of God come it is going to be beautiful for he has made everything beautiful in its time because we trust Abba. This is why we got to connect and get that little boy and that little girl to the altar because unless we come as children to have that childlike expectation to believe what God said it is so then we can be trees of righteousness and people can come and pluck joy off of our tree 
Amen. I can stick there, but I want to go on to the next peace. Jesus is the Prince of Peace. And when you're in the presence of the Lord and when you're reading the word of God, there is a peace that truly surpasses your understanding. And when peace is on the inside of you, peace can come out of you and you operate in peace. You move in peace. You talk in peace. There's so many people who are, I mean, they're so toxic and so dramatic and full of drama. That's not enticing. That's not inviting. You know, a lot of people just want peace. I don't know about you, but I'm at a, a stage in an age that I just want peace. You know, I just want peace. I need peaceful relationships, peaceful friendships, peaceful work environments. And I know that's not always the case, but because you're around toxic people because you're around people who are dramatic and who loves drama. But when you put yourself around people who are at peace with themselves, they're at peace with God. Man, it's a beautiful thing. I love my peace. And when you're at peace, it, it is a glow about you. There is a glow when there's peace on the inside, that you got peace. You may not know what the future holds, but there is a peace. You don't know when it's going to turn around for your good, but there is a peace. You don't know when the healing's coming, but it's a peace. When I tell you, man, the Lord is so faithful. The Lord is so awesome that when we stick to the vine, when we cleave, there is a peace. There is a peace that's truly surpassed your understanding. No, no matter how long you've been waiting. And that allows you to really stand out in a crowd. Because there is truly a glow. The glory of the Lord will shine about you when you are at a state of peace mentally, emotionally, and spiritually. There is a glow about you. The glory of the Lord rises. So it's important we are at peace because that is attractive to people who've been in, in traumatic situations, who grew up in toxicity, who grew up in drama, who want a difference, who want something different. Nothing changes if nothing changes. So some people just looking for a peaceful environment. They got hell at home. They don't want to come to work and be around hellish people who gossip and backbite and toxic and dramatic and full of drama and envy. Like I already deal with this at home. So imagine being that, that person that offers a peaceful environment that a person could walk up to your tree Pluck off fruit and say, wow, how, 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 how are you at this state of peace? How, how are you like this? And that's that door opener for you. I know a man named Jesus and he is the Prince of Peace. But we have to show people something different. We too many of us are conforming like the world. We act like the world and we do what everybody else is doing. Whether that's home, whether that's in the workplace, whether that's outside. So the outsiders, the unbelievers, they're not seeing anything different. They got their own drama. But everybody, everybody wants to be at peace. So we got to allow the Holy Spirit. If you feel like you're not 
at peace with yourself. You're not at peace with God. You're not at peace with your situations and circumstances. You got to allow the Holy Spirit of God to do that inner work to heal you, to get you to that place that I, I am whole and I'm at peace with God. I can wait on God. I'm not anxious. I'm a- I, the Bible says be anxious for nothing. When you're anxious, there's no way you can have peace. When you're anxious and you're trying to get things the way you want them to go. When you have all of these, you know, the worries of life and worrying about tomorrow. No, there is no way. We can't be at peace and be anxious at the same time. We have to let one of them go. So we have to choose the peace of God to surpass our understanding and allow the Holy Spirit to really minister to us. If you find yourself in a state where you you starting to feel the anxiety come up, you, you're starting to feel the worrying coming. You got to go into prayer. You got to go into worship. Trust me. What does the Bible say? Put on a garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. I have done it so many times where darts begin to go and my mind is filled with unwanted thoughts and you know you know the pressure and the weight of tomorrow I have to decide in that moment am I gonna let this suffocate and oppress me or am I gonna open my mouth and declare and decree the word of the Lord God is good he said worry not about tomorrow for tomorrow have his own issues. I'm going to put God, you are good. I worship you. I honor you. I thank you for this day. I glorify you for this day. I thank you for the peace. I come against anxiety and worry. We have to declare and decree the peace that surpass our understanding. No, this is my portion. It is a covenant. He made a covenant with peace for us. So we have to take this seriously because that is very inviting. I I love being around peaceful people. It's inviting. So if you're going to win souls for the kingdom, if you want to win that, that unbelieving family member, that unbelieving friend, make sure that you are whole and that you are at a place of peace because peace is truly inviting family. It's truly inviting. The next one on the list is long suffering. And that's another word for patience. <laughs> Something many of the body of Christ do not have. We don't know how to wait. And that wait on the Lord. We tell somebody to wait. That's like a curse word. I don't want to wait. I need it now, now, now. Culture has conformed. We ha- we've been trained to want it now. This microwave generation. I need it now. I need it now. I need it now. Forget about God cultivating me. Forget about God stretching me. Forget about God maturing me for what it is that I'm even asking for. I want it now. We don't have patience with ourselves. We don't have patience for the things we want and desire. So how we got patience with others. So. I think before we can even be long suffering towards other people, we have to really sit with the Holy Spirit and ask him to teach us to be patient with ourselves, to be patient with our own process and what God is doing in our life. Lord, you're faithful. Lord, you're a good God and you have made everything beautiful in its time. Teach me how to be long suffering. Teach me how to wait. I used to sing that old hymn, teach me, Lord, teach me, Lord, all the way. We don't know what is, like I said, it's like a curse word, but we have to 
ask the Holy Spirit to teach us how to wait. And when we get to a place of long suffering and we're patient within ourselves, and we could wait on God, it's very easy to be patient with others. Especially as a, a minister and you're trying to win a soul for the kingdom of God, unbelievers are going to do what unbelievers do. And I think sometimes we forget that that we don't give them time to grow, that we don't have the patience for them to get it, that they're in their milk drinking season, even when they when we get new converts and we'd expect them to eat meat. We have to learn to be patient with people and allow God to do what he's doing in their life. One planted, one watered, but God gives the increase. So it's important that we're patient with people, that we let them know that you matter and that we don't make them feel bad about where they are right now because we all can say where we would like them to be, but the truth is, where are you right now? And God loves you even in this moment. As long as you're choosing to come up higher and choosing to walk with God. We have to learn to truly be patient with people and where they are right now. And that's something I had to learn. I really had to learn that because, because I got it. I got the understanding. I got the revelation. And sometimes when I talk to people, it's like, why don't you get this? And the truth is, like I said, one plant if one water, but God gives the increase. So we have to learn how to be patient with people and where they are and the season of their life and, and still tarry with them and not get frustrated. But what I have learned in my journey with God, that I could be patient with people because I've learned to be patient with myself. I learned to be patient with God. I learned to wait on God. And, and, and I think that helps with waiting. I'm sorry. I, that has helped with being patient with people because now you're not frustrated within yourself. Amen. You're not frustrated. You're not agitated. So you could be patient with others and where they are. And even when they fall short and make mistakes, you recognize that you were once like them. You recognize that you were once an unbeliever and somebody had to hold your hand and help you get there. Hallelujah. So I think it's important that we first recognize in ourselves. If I'm not at a place of rest within myself and I don't have patience with myself and I don't have patience with God to take that to the altar, because if I'm going to win a soul for the kingdom, I need to have the fruit of patience on my tree. Because if this person come up to me and they, they they're going through their season, I have to have the patience to allow them to go through that season without giving up on them, without, you know, getting frustrated and angry with them and, and allowing the enemy to come in and cause division. So first pray and say, Lord, if I'm an impatient person and you know what, you know, you know, if you're not patient. Okay. But as a soul winner, that's something that we have to develop. That fruit has to be developed. And it starts with us being at peace with where we are, being at peace with the season that we're in, knowing that it's not final, that God, our, our latter days shall be greater than our former days, believing God at his word. I could be patient because I know you're a good God. I could be patient because I know you're faithful. I could be patient because you're a God of integrity. When we can be patient with ourselves, we can definitely be patient with our brothers and sisters. Amen. The next one on this list is gentleness. Whew. Now, what I love 
is that they put patience before gentleness because there's no way you can be gentle with somebody you frustrated with. It's impossible for you to be gentle with somebody you agitated with. So developing patience allow you to be a little more gentle, a little more soft, a little more tender with them. That you're conscious of their feelings. But you can't do that if you're impatient. I can't be gentle with you if I'm frustrated with you at the same time. Most of the time when you don't have patience and you have zero tolerance, you go from zero to 100 real quick and you you snap. You are harsh. You may not mean it, but the truth is because I don't have no patience, I don't know how to be gentle. So I love that they put patience first because I can't be gentle if I'm not patient and I'm frustrated and I'm agitated. Gentleness is the last thing you're going to get from me. So I love that family. Once you develop the patience with yourself, you okay with waiting on God. You could be patient with others. Then you can be gentle to them and tender with them. Amen. The next on the list is goodness. This is a tree. This is a fruit on this tree that wins souls when you're good. And I love, I I looked up the definition of goodness and it's so many goodies, but I only took a few. Um, Just being honest, respectful, fair, impartial, thoughtfulness, courtesy, polite. These things matter. These things matter when winning a soul. That you are honest person, that you show respect that you're not impartial. And that's a big issue. There's a lot of people that are impartial. We have these cliques and cults and we pick and choose who we want to love and who we don't want to love, who we want to befriend, who we want to, who we don't want to befriend, who we invite to church, who we don't invite to church. And that's not fair because the Bible says show no partiality. Our God don't show partiality. So a part of being good, having that goodness, having that fruit of goodness is that I'm not impartial, that I'm kind to everyone. I'm honest to everyone. I respect everyone. I'm courteous. I have courtesy towards everyone. I'm polite towards everyone. So I thought that was pretty awesome to really go down. And it was so much more when you look up the definition for goodness. So you can go do that on your own and just, you know, ask the Holy Spirit, help me develop the fruit of goodness and all that comes with it, because I want to be a wise soul winner. And I want to develop all of the fruit of the spirit that is going to be conducive to me winning souls for the kingdom of God. Faith is the next one. I love this one. And I'm looking at it from the perspective of having the faith to believe, faith for yourself. And I'm applying this to winning souls because we know without faith, it's impossible to please God. But as far as winning souls, have the faith to believe that God is moving in their life. Because sometimes you can minister to someone and sometimes you could talk to someone and share the word of God. And it seemed like they doing completely the opposite. It's like it's going in one ear and out the other. Believe, have the faith to believe that there is not a seed that is being planted that won't take root and yield and increase. You got to believe that's how powerful the word of God is. It may not be today. It may not be next month. It doesn't matter how long it takes for you to see the change in that person's life as you're spending time ministering and loving on them and sharing the word of God because you want to, you know, you want to bring them to the kingdom. You want to win that soul for the kingdom. Have the faith to believe that God is on the throne in their life. 
And that as God has put you in there, don't take the will. Don't don't feel like, well, oh, I got to save them. No, Jesus is the savior. We're just the bait Jesus is using. <laughs> Hallelujah. I'm making you fishers of men. Hallelujah. Jesus is the savior. We just have to do our part and have the faith to believe that Jesus and the Holy Ghost is doing their part. Amen. Meekness, 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 soft, humble, humble. This is big because a lot of people feel intimidated already, especially as unbeliever, not really having the knowledge of the word. And I feel like, you know, some people who and even myself is very humbling because when you get a level of wisdom, when you get a level of understanding, you do feel good. Like, oh, you know, I understand this. I understand that. But to really humble ourselves and know it's only by the grace of God that we have this revelation. It's only by the grace of God that God has opened the eyes of our understanding that we 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 go to people with, tr you know, true humility and recognize that we were once in their shoes, that we never make anyone feel less than about what they don't know about the word of God that they just because you don't know don't make you less and don't make me greater and we're gonna do this together we're gonna journey together we're gonna we're gonna grow in the Lord together so I thought that was good to to really be humble and to be soft and even submissive that's another um a definition for meekness submissive the Bible tells us to submit one to another and that's something that is hard for people to do submissive submission is another cuss word for some reason that people don't want to submit but that's the, the word of God that we should submit one to another that I don't think that I'm greater than you and you're not greater than me. We are one. So I'm going to submit to you and you're going to submit to me. We're going to love each other and we're going to grow. So I believe that is important for unbeliever to see that even though you are this amazing man and woman of God, that you're humble, that you don't see yourself greater than everybody, that you can submit even to the unbeliever and not in a sense of, oh, you know, yes, what you say goes. No, but I'm I'm, I'm submitting because I want to win. What did Apostle Paul say? He said, I become like many to win some hallelujah that i want to win this soul for the kingdom so i'm going to submit and i'm going to listen i'm going to humble myself and i'm not going to belittle you i'm not going to judge you i'm not going to make you feel small because you don't know i'm going to humble myself and i'm going to show you as jesus would say a more excellent way and I'm going to have this fruit of meekness on my tree for you to see as an example because there are a lot of believers that are very proud and we know the word. Pride comes before the fall. So we have to be mindful that we're not prideful and that we're very humble because hum humility is very attractive and that will draw people in. The next one is temperance, which means um, when I looked it up, it said uh, abstinence or abstaining. And I thought that was pretty interesting in a sense of... <sighs> Just because you can don't mean you should. Just because you could say something don't mean you should say something. Just because you should do something don't mean you should do it. And we know that as in our individual life, in our individual walk with God, having that self-control, 
having that self-control to not do what everybody else is doing, not to do what the world is doing, not to say what the world is saying, but I'm having this self-control to have that same mindset when it comes to winning souls for the kingdom of God. I think you could just put those two hand in hand because you are not doing what the world is doing, because you have self-control, because you have abstained from doing what the world does. That is attractive to people outside looking in. And I know it may not seem like it, but it is. People love to see when, you know, people are different. I can honestly say I hear it all the time. You know, when people finally get to know me, they'll say, wow, you really about this life. You're really different. You know, they may, you may, they may not say it right away. You may not, you may not even know there's people who admire you right now for how you live your life, for how you stand for righteousness, for how you have self-control, for how you separate yourself from the crowd and you, you're not full of drama. You're not, you know, you're not toxic. People admire it. They may not say it, but it doesn't change the fact that they admire you and that's attractive to them is an attractive quality to have self-control it's an attractive quality when we can abstain and not do what the rest of the world is doing so be mindful of these things allow the holy spirit to just minister to your heart um take you back through the fruit of the holy spirit and you know see how you can apply it and winning souls for the kingdom of god when i read it today it really blessed me and you know i wrote all of these things down for how, you know, just to be mindful of, because I'm, I'm pretty sure, you know, I try to use all of these as much as possible, but to really be conscious to really get it rooted in my spirit of how important it is to have this love and to have this inner joy and to have the peace and the patience and the gentleness and the, you know, the goodness and having the faith to believe that God is working in their life to stay humble and never come off prideful, never make someone feel less than, and to learn, you know, have that self-control that you know I'm not like the rest of the world to have it at the forefront of my mind because I really want to win souls for the kingdom that I truly want to be a fisher of men so this truly blessed me I pray it blessed you especially if you are a person who truly loves winning souls for the kingdom of God you really love sharing the word of God I know we all go through things and we all have bad days but be mindful of how important the fruit of the Holy Spirit is and I'm going to read Proverbs 11:30 one more time before we close the fruit of the righteous is a tree of life and he who wins souls is wise family i pray that the spirit of the lord rests upon you the spirit of wisdom that teaches you how to operate in the fruit of the holy spirit at all times so that you could be a tree of life to all those that are around you I pray that you have an amazing day in the name of Christ Jesus. And until I speak to you again, family, be blessed.